Are you tired of hearing about mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you've come to the right place. A space where healing is central, but also normalized. Join hosts Danika and Myra as we engage in topics around mental health and keep it real while also giving you the work. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. All right, y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Pod. And as usual, before we get started, I'm going to ask a discussion question. So the question that I want to ask is, hmm, I actually have it on my mind. I forgot that fast. Oh, okay. The question is, because I've been in a conversation about this a lot, do you and your friends have to have things in common? I think no, but I want to ask Donika first. Do you feel like you have to have things in common with your friend to maintain the friendship? Oh, that was that's a great question. Um, I want to say immediately no, just because I feel like that I have friends who we talk about things that we don't have in common, like pretty much all the time, and it's literally the basis of our friendship. But it's it's a different type of friendship. That's what I would say. I think it it limits the the level of what that friendship can go, in my opinion. So yeah, but they probably not gonna be like your bestie bestie. So that's what I would say. What about you? What do you think, Myra? Um, yeah, I think no. Also, I feel like me and my friends all have very different interests anyway. Um, and that's just because we're all unique people. And I feel like that's what makes us come together. I like people that are different. People that are like me, I tend to not really like actually. <laughs> so yeah, I like when my friends, like we have different and even different values. Like I was talking to somebody and they're like, how can you be friends with somebody who has different values? And I was like, because I'm someone that, you know, takes into account that we're not going to be the same. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we can't respect each other's values. But Taylor, what do you think? Um... No, I would say no. I agree with you guys. Um, I actually like, I love people who are different from me because I get to learn. And that's the best thing. Like I, I have one of my best friends, we balance each other out and we're complete opposites, but we're very similar. So yeah. I like having the differences, but I also like having the similarities. But I think if somebody's, man, I, like living with your family, if you know those two, you know, who are very similar, like my dad and my sister are very similar, they be going at it. And I'm like, see, I'm... Mm. <laughs> So I actually enjoy um, the differences. I really do. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand it over to Danica to go ahead and introduce you before we hop into our questions. Okay, perfect. So today we have a very special guest, as you can hear her. Her name is Taylor. Taylor's the founder of both True Self International LLC and Self Care Self. That stands for Sustainability Empowering Lifetime Fulfillment care this is a business focuses on women tapping into their true selves currently she is in the process of rebranding taylor is also a msw as acsw currently working for tessie cleveland community service corporation as a wraparound therapist and facilitator she is looking forward to obtaining her phd in mind body medicine specializing in integrative mental health with the near within the near future her interest in mind-body medicine is due to her diagnosis of PCOS at the age of 14. After a decade of using hormone therapy, she decided to stop and use alternative methods such as food, meditation, Reiki, herbalism, and much more. Um, 
And so Taylor says, I intend to use my knowledge as a therapist and my practice as a life coach. Within therapy, there are certain modalities which help with, re with relaxation and finding peace through regulation of emotions and mental thinking processes and day-to-day -day activities. In my self-care coaching, I integrate personalized self-care goals within my clients' lives. Many of my clients have utilized yoga, healthy eating, massages, acupuncture, tai chai, med meditation crystals, and many more practices in their daily living. My overall goal is to educate myself on the ways I can mesh integrative mental health together and educate others on this topic. So yes to you, Taylor. You are really out here changing the game. I love the fact that um, you gave us a really deep explanation of like you as a therapist and you know your day to day. So welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Thank you. I love what you guys are doing. I've been like, Myra is killing the game. I haven't met you, Danica, but I'm like, she's killing the game. I'm loving it. So thank you guys for having me on. Of course, of course. So today you all will be talking about Black women and PCOS. And our first question is, um, so Tyler, what are some of the early signs and symptoms that you are aware of in regards to PCOS? So my story is, is really different I'll get into it a little bit later but um so what I know and what I've learned is weight gain um insulin resistance insists on on the ovaries um I've learned that there's regular PCOS and then there's lean PCOS so I would be considered lean PCOS um which you know you usually hear the stare the, the stories of you know the hair um on the face or um just hormonal changes and stuff like that but I didn't really know, like, I'm still learning. So I'm like, I don't even know. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot, but the three that I really did focus on and really Is it better? Here's some information about gateway. I was like, what? Okay, so you all, um, something that, you know, Myra and I and a lot of people I feel like we've been hearing about is polycystic ovary syndrome, which is PCOS, especially in Black women. And so we really want to dive into this topic today. And Taylor has, um, you know, gave us our blessing to ask questions. So Taylor, asking you, what are some of the early signs and symptoms that you are aware of in regards to PCOS? Yeah, so... I know three, which is weight gain, insulin resistance, and cysts on the ovaries. Um, my experience ha is different from others because I am smaller, so be would be considered lean PCOS rather than regular PCOS. Um, with regular PCOS, you usually get, you know, the white weight gain, you're a little heavier, um, maybe hair. Um, that's the main ones that I've heard of. But with me, it wasn't that. It was just I had cysts on my ovaries at 14 and, I, and my period didn't start. So irregular periods is one, uh, that's all I can think of right now, but those are usually, that's the three or four for me. Thank you for that um, breakdown. Um, so the next thing I'm kind of curious about is can you tell us what getting tested for PCOS might look like in addition, some things you might wanna ask your doctor on your visit. Yeah, so I actually went to, um, so 
I was diagnosed at, well, 12 years old was the age where, you know, usually a lot of people start getting their periods or, um, no, I'm sorry. I had started my period, but it became irregular. So by 14, I still, I think it's two years by the time your, your period should be regular and regulated. And so my mom actually took me to the doctor because she was like, I don't understand why your period isn't regular. And so I went to, they did an ultrasound and I had cysts. I had a whole bunch of cysts on my ovaries. And so they put me on birth control. Um, but that's my story of how I got tested. I actually just recently went to a specialist who told me she doesn't even think that I have it. Um, and I was like, what? Hmm. What are you telling me? <laughs> and with Why did she say that? Well, she said cysts on the ovaries is actually normal for, for young girls. I did not know um, that. Yeah. So I was like, huh? Because look, I went on birth control. I, I actually got off on birth control. I've been on birth control for 10 years. Um, so from 14 to 24, I was on birth control. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm done. Um, I wanted to do a more holistic approach. And... Um, I said, I need to go to a specialist because I'm not under, I want to make sure that I have it. Number one, and I want to give my body some time to get off of the birth control. Mm -hmm. But she, she was like, I don't, from your story, what you're telling me, I don't think you had it. I was like, huh? You mean what? to tell me I've, I've been misdiagnosed? <laughs> I also wonder, do you ever think about why it's like the medical system? Well, I guess it would be Western medicine. Why are they so quick to yeah. put girls on birth control? Because even when I hear about like other, you know, health issues, I always hear about birth control being the first answer, whether it's like you got acne, you're going to get on birth control. PCOS, you're going on birth control. You got fibroids, you're going to get on birth right. control. And I just, I have right. questions. Why is that the first thing they're putting people on? What do you think about that? It's, it's a band-aid. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not getting to the root. I mean, they're making money off of it too. Yeah. So mind you, I'm not a doctor. I have friends who are doctors. They believe in the science. I do believe in science, but also I believe in the importance of trying the natural first and then adding the science. Sometimes it's just like, it's, it could be food. You know what I'm saying? Our food is, is mixed with so much crap. And I mean, from hormones, from the, the meats to just the um, pastas, you know, like from regular sauces, you have gluten and stuff. And gluten isn't just, it's not healthy for anybody, right. but it's in everything from what I've understood. So this journey has taken me, um, uh, it's really taken me just to overall a holistic approach. But as far as, you know, birth control, I really just think it's just a Band-Aid. Let me just put them on some birth control and then that's it. They don't really get to the root of it. And with PCOS, there's not a lot of research. So with PCOS and Black women, it's not a lot of research on top of that. Just same thing with cancer. You know, there's not a lot of research with black women and cancer. So that even goes to a whole nother topic. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's money to me. It's a, and my sister, she also, um, she was a, a CNA. And so um, she really, after seeing the medical system, she was like, I can't do this because it's not how they're handling it. It's not the best way. Um, for her at least and what I was hearing from her stories it doesn't sound like it's it's you get some good doctors yes who look at the holistic but you're getting a lot more doctors who are pushing medication 
And she would always tell us, she still to this day will tell us, I refuse to be in the medical system because it is just money, 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 money. Money is what the world goes, makes the world go around, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's so true. Um, y'all, I want y'all to check out Ancient Artery. We had her on as Shamaya, my baby. I love her. But she tells her story about how she had a struggle with fibroids. She had really, really heavy periods where she was going to the doctor like or it might have been endometriosis one of the two she was like really struggling with and she would go to the doctor like literally like every month and have to stay there for at least two days two three days like they knew her at this point but she changed her diet changed the way she was like living and she's fine now so I really encourage y'all to check out her page she now is like Instagram famous so I'll definitely check her out um and she has a lot of different recipes that she recommends and things like that so yeah you know, the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, we're a mental health podcast. So of course we have to touch on the mental health piece. I'm curious about the way PCS, PCOS, ooh, I'm getting tongue-tied, has played a role in your mental health and how have you been able to navigate that? So with me, I remember when I got the diagnosis at 14, I was like, I'm not going to be able to have kids, right? That's the first thing I go to. Um, and that has actually really carried with me some degree ever since the diagnosis. So what I've really learned, um, is that, I mean, being an MSW as well, so being a therapist as well, um, stress management is real. <laughs> it is real. Um, and I've had to learn how to manage my stress. I just, there is no like, you know, going back and forth with it. It's just, you have to manage your stress. You have to eat right. You have to exercise. I mean, it's, it's right now my stress management and my eating and exercising regimen is different in general, but um, it's really important to navigate stress management. That's, that's what I've had to do. I've had to sit with myself. I'm in a stage of, um, I would say there's difference between growing and healing. So I was growing for many years and now really at 20, I'll be 26 in July in like a month. Um, I'm going into the process of healing and taking that time to heal. Uh, and that's important in any, whether you have a hormone disorder, whether you have anxiety, depression, PTSD, whatever the heck you have, if you find like compared to the doctors, you're the best uh, average 25 year old out there. <laughs> Doesn't matter stress management is so important stress management eating is so important exercising is so important so taking that time and healing um is so important it doesn't matter what what age you are I want to go a little bit deeper so you said that you know you were thinking about having kids and that being something that you were stressed about can you tell me how that maybe played a role in how you navigate dating or relationships? Like how has that shown up and how have you navigated that piece? Cause I'm sure there are probably people in the audience that maybe have had the same experience and they're like, Oh yeah, this is something I'm also struggling with. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no. Um, and I mean, I was honest. I was like, look, I was diagnosed with PCOS at 14 years old. This is what I know. This is what I'm still learning. And a lot of guys were like, okay, cool. We'll figure it out when we're there. Cause I mean, when you look at it, at it at, in dating, I think it's important that you do, if you do have whatever, something that could hurt or potentially cause issues in, in the future for somebody else that you are um, dating, then it's important to talk about it. 
And a lot of the guys were like, well, how do you manage it? And I was like, from what I know, stress, eating and exercise. All right, let's do it together. Or they were like, okay, cool. But then, you know, they were eating crappy and not exercising. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, as far as dating, it really was an issue for me. Um, per, like with the partner. For me, it was more so of just having that little weight of can I have kids and how do I prepare my body for having kids, especially as I got older. So now that I'm in, you know, 20, mid 20s, um, or yeah, mid 20s, gosh, mid 20s, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's about that we're getting into that second cycle of life. And I'm going to want to, I do want to have kids. I want to prepare my body to have kids, but I don't want to just prepare my body for kids. I want to prepare myself for a lifestyle change and knowing what that looks like and preparing my body just to adapt to that lifestyle, lifestyle change. So that's more of how I've been able to manage all of this because it's not, it's, it's hard. A lot of women I've heard and seen on different um, like articles or whatever, a lot of them are scared to have kids. Like they're, it's not a death sentence to not have kids. You know, it's just how are you able to manage it, and what do you, what does your body need, um, and not just managing it when you're trying to have kids, but managing it for the long run. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, Myra, that was a that was a great question. Um, I was thinking earlier when you had talked about recently you had went to a specialist and they kind of gave you different information, and so. What has that new information done to like your mental health? Or like, you know, are you having like different thoughts now of like, you know, how you've been treating this or how you just like, like, what are your thoughts on that? It's frustrating, you know, um, because you want to be taken, um, not saying that I wasn't taking it seriously, but you want to be, you want your health to be handled mindfully. And so for me, it's been very frustrating in the aspect of, you know, um, so what, what is it? Why isn't my, my hormones, um, why aren't they, you know, what's going on? Why, why aren't I having, because actually, well, so it's been, a, it's been almost two years, right? Yeah, it's been almost two years. And so with that being said, this last year, I've actually started the irregular periods. So now I'm like, well, why in the heck am I not having, you know, why am, am I not having um, periods? Why aren't they regular? Because what I understand is that you're supposed to have regular periods. <laughs> but then some women don't. Exactly. You know, yeah. so it's, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And I, it, it's like, I don't know what to, sometimes you might feel like lost. Um, I was just talking to my mom, my mom about this because I actually just got my blow work done. And when my blow work, everything looks normal. I was doing the research. I was like, mm -mm. I'm going to go see what DHEA, I think DHEA is. I'm going to see what THS is. I'm going to see what, you know, what does progesterone do? What does, what does really testosterone do? What does estrogen do? And what, how does this affect me and my body? So I'm learning all this stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of low. So does that mean I have PCOS or do I have something else? <laughs> You know, so now I'm gathering information to bring to this, um, the next step of getting uh, this test and all getting all this paperwork. So um, that's really what I have to say. It's frustrating, but you know what? I have to say, life is a journey. This is a journey. So I'm going to just take it and be like, all right, I'm taking control of my, of the diagnosis. And whether or not I have it, I'm taking control of my life. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for answering that question. I do think that a lot of times, especially Black women, are misdiagnosed. Um, and so the fact that you are like kind of, you know, asking questions and seeking other specialists and supports, I think that's super great. Um, what is this? What is some advice you might tell someone who recently learned um, that they have PCOS? Also, because I was thinking of this earlier. So most of the time when you're diagnosed with PCOS, you're like, you're younger, right? No. So actually, you're, you're mostly diagnosed when you're struggling to have kids. A lot of women are, are diagnosed later on because they, or they just like, oh, I don't have regular periods and it's a normal thing for them. Um, so a lot of people are actually learning and struggling with pregnancy and they find out later. I want somebody I know, she had told me like, I didn't know until I was trying to have kids. And so I've recognized that's the pattern. And honestly, this, this, <laughs> I'm gonna say this patriarchal society does not focus on the women therefore we're not our research is not there and then women of color it's not it's even lesser as far as the um when you call about the research so that's what really the struggle is it's it's what how how are women finding out this number one and so what I have like I said it's been more so when they're trying to have kids okay so what does that mean how do we do better how do we be better for those women who are you know struggling and it starts with me as far as my, my mom was on it. She was like, uh-uh, <laughs> 12 years old, 14. Okay, let's go to the doctor. But that's normal for my family. What's wrong? You go to the doctor. And when you look at like women of color, we're not going to the doctor because of historical things, right? Which I'm not blaming anybody. I really, I would prefer now that I'm older, I'm like, I don't really want to be going to the doctor because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> you feel me? So you kind of have to take your own like your hands you have to take your health into your own hands but then also you need to take it's a balance of the research and and the doctors do do listen to them but also listen to yourself that's kind of how I would navigate that yes yeah so uh, our next question kind of goes into like you you kind of started it, but what what does getting tested for PCOS even look like? Wait, I thought we got that in the beginning. It's an ultrasound. Well, it's for me. It was an ultrasound. Um, usually it's blood work. Um, my story was blood work and um, ultrasound. That's what I heard is more so the, you know, whatever age, it's more so the, the blood work and the ultrasound. But if there's any other ways, I don't know. <laughs> That's the best way I would see somebody get any. But also the, the testing for like insulin is really important. So they do need to have your blood work because it's insulin and there's something else that they need to test you for. Um, glucose, insulin and glucose. Oh, so they're they're looking at those levels, and that's what determines a diagnosis of PCOS. They're looking at that. They're looking, at that. and mind you, I'm still learning. I'm in a different 
process too, because the woman I know, I wasn't able to sit down, like, okay, what, what is it? I was 14, now that I'm older, I'm okay, sit down and actually like learn, okay, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I'm more, I'm, I'm mature, so that does add a part to playing it. Um, but what I do know is this, <coughs> glucose and then uh, the ultrasound. Okay. From my research that I've done, it basically says there's no like specific tests. So they kind of try like a little bit of everything, which I thought was like so interesting. Cause when you said ultrasound in the beginning, I was like, huh. Cause they literally just say like, if you like Google it, they say like, there's no specific tests, but there are various different tests that they do. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like, I feel like more research just needs to be done on this because it's affecting so many people. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's one in 10 women. Mm -hmm. One in 10 women. And that's where it's like, one person is going to be different from the other person. You know, like I said, I, I would be considered lean PCOS, but then another woman would be considered actual regular PCOS. And so how it affects me is, yeah, I'm not looking it, but inside it could be glucose levels are off. It could be insulin. And I remember I got one test. I, I think it, my mom, my mom gets, does her test for her glucose. My glucose levels are fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> They're not high. Every single time I've tried to test myself. So I'm like, okay, well, doc, when I come to you, I'm gonna need you to help me out. Cause I don't know. <laughs> but a lot of women don't get this experience. I'm actually really trying. Um, not only just trying, but I also have the, um, my mom was a huge advocate um doctor visits aren't issues for us that's a normal thing in our family you do a yearly checkups you don't just go you know you do the preventative work so that's always been a part of my 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 day-to-day -day or my lifestyle so a lot of women of color aren't doing that which is a whole nother like I said a whole nother conversation but it is what it is at this point yeah, for the women that are listening, please start to do more preventative work because I feel like all my friends are not doing it. Like when I have conversations with them and they're telling me what's going on, I'm like, you haven't gotten that checked out? Or have you thought about getting that checked out? Oh, I don't go to the doctor. I haven't been in like a year. I last time I went, I got a physical. And I'm like, but you didn't tell your doctor these other things you had going on. So like, please do that. Like my mom has been like your mom, where it's like, if you have an issue, like we go to the doctor because in her experience, that's how she's learned all her health issues for our guests. So you can share literally anything. What would be a takeaway you want to share? Well, I actually tried the 30 day PCOS diet challenge, which is by Kim Campbell. She is a white woman. Um, so unfortunately there's not a lot of black people doing this or black women. Um, and it was a lot of meat in it, but honestly, that was the best I felt my period. I have clotty periods. And so it was, man, when I say I was living like a dear, I, my anxiety wasn't that high or the anxiety I was struggling with wasn't high. I was floating on a cloud. I was like, woo, I'm feeling good. Like, <laughs> so I don't know what she put in that <laughs> to help, but that is something that I did try. Also research. I've been saying that research, if you feel lost and then go to your doctor, bring it to your doctor. That's important um this is a blessing in disguise um it's not a lot well let's say the average person the average person is not doing this for their health you know what I'm saying so many people who are going into these diets researching taking control of their own lives you're 10 times healthier than the average person already just by trying 
um supplements i know there's different supplements that you can look up um it's like myo something is a supplement but you know now i'm taking the time to study as a herbalist i was like i didn't think i'll be doing this stuff but now i'm just trying with skin just trying with skin you know i'm starting off with some things with skin um you never know your journey that's really what all that comes down into is you never know your journey so if you start off small you never know where that'll lead you yeah. but take your time it's not a rush this is a lifestyle it's not gonna you're not gonna learn it in a, in a day this is a lifestyle change um but even just taking that that inch is gonna get you closer and closer to overall just wellness yes thank you for that and thank you for joining us this week have a good rest of your weekend of course thank you guys thank you take you care. too All right, y'all. So on this episode, we did discuss PCOS and we want to continue discussions that um, impact Black women. We've already discussed fibroids and breast cancer, and we're planning to discuss even more. If there's something that you want us to cover, please don't hesitate to let us know, and we will try our best to make it into an episode. We hope that you enjoy. Donika, do you want to add anything before we end our episode today? Um, no, just to continue the conversation with... Uh other women, um, I would say in specifics, other black women, just like open up the conversation just to gain some information. Like even if you are no one around you has experienced or talked about these symptoms, I think that the community and support is needed and that we do not talk about this enough. Um, so please have these conversations. Yeah, for sure. And I really urge y'all, um, we might've already talked about, I don't know what episode we're on, but we did have, or we're going to have Dr. Angela Neal Barnett as a guest. And she talks about Black women and anxiety. And I urge y'all to check out this book. It's called Soothe Your Nerves. And somewhere in here, you'll learn about the book. Uh, so I want y'all to check that out. And thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. <laughs>